Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Buying versus Leasing, Commercial Real Estate for Entrepreneurs, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Larry Halverson is the franchise owner of Torrance Express Employment Professionals and works with job seekers to help them find the right job for their skills and experience and assists businesses to find productive employees. For the last 20 years, Larry has worked closely with businesses to understand their needs and provide the most qualified candidates. As a full-service staffing provider, their solutions include evaluation hire, direct hire, temporary and contract staffing, professional search, and HR services. Larry's goal is to be a trusted HR resource for small and medium-sized businesses in his community. Larry has lived and worked in South Bay, California since 1998. He's a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy with a B.S. in Computer Science and an MBA from City University in Seattle, Washington. He has experience in all levels of recruiting and a dedicated staff of professionals looking to find the best resources for companies in the South Bay. So welcome, Larry, to the show. Welcome. Thank you. I am glad to have you here. It's a great topic with so much going on right now between independent contractors, employees. I wanted to really have this conversation today. But first, can you just give us a little bit more background on yourself and how you actually got involved in the staffing industry? Um, well, I actually got involved in recruiting my last tour in the Navy. So I was the officer in charge of officer recruiting for the states of Washington, Montana, Alaska, and Idaho when I was living up in Seattle, where I got my master's. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of working with engineers, doctors, mm-hmm. dentists, trying to get uh, professionals to choose the Navy as a career. So mm-hmm. it's a little different than the people right. that you see in the malls. Uh, so we fo- yeah, we focus on people with edu- degrees. The Navy's a very technical thing. So um, I'm actually from Ventura, but uh, I felt that was a little too small for me to move back to. So mm-hmm. I ended up uh, moving back to South LA. So I started in Hermosa and I got the first interview I ever did out of the Navy, which was for a IT recruiting firm uh, nice. in Culver City. And it was mostly because I had that experience, plus I have the bachelor's in computer science. So mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't programmed in a long time, but I could certainly understand the conversation. And then, you know, I did IT recruiting for about 15 years, finished up with Computer Science Corporation. Many people from LA will know that company. A small mm-hmm. little 100,000-person company. <laughs> um, but they moved out of California. They're in Virginia now. And mm. so five, five years ago, started my own firm right here in Torrance in the South Bay. Uh, Express is locally owned, so we only do business in the local market. But there's 800 of us, so we do business in every local market since uh, I think it's so we started in uh, the 1985 is when we started. Nice. Uh, so 
Well, like I said, we want to talk today on independent contractors versus employment, focusing mainly on employment, but I wanted to really touch really on the rules regarding who can be an independent contractor and who should be an employee, remembering that state and federal laws can be different. So just an overall view, first of all, of the federal government, like what does the IRS say in terms of who can be an independent contractor? Well, the IRS uses a similar test to the Borel test, so it's a, they have 26 guidelines, but the uh, the one that's most important is the control concept, mm-hmm. right? So um, the more control you, it's very co- it's somewhat complicated, which is why California kind of changed it, and the Supreme Court of California changed it. But um, it's simple in that if you exert control over that person, right, you probably they're probably your employee. Mm-hmm. It's more complicated, and you if you really want to make somebody an independent contractor. First of all, they probably should want that, and they should be the one who are saying they're an independent contractor. Right. Um, but most of the time, if you're exerting control, if you're providing equipment, if you're um, controlling their hours, you they're probably your employee, even under the federal law. Now, the right. California law is much simpler now, mm-hmm. but the federal law is still pretty simple for those people who understand it. The problem is... It, it, could, it could look complex, and I think that's right. one of the issues, right? Right, and I actually did a show on this very you know, early on. I think it was July or August of last year, so if anyone wants to find more information on all the specifics we talked about, which include behavioral control, financial control, and relationship of the parties, a lot of the details are listed there as well. Um, but also on AB5, a lot of people may have heard that, but they don't know what that really means here in California. So if you want to touch on maybe what the government has said here in terms of who has to be an employee. Well, it stems out of the Dynamics ruling that recently happened last year with basically the Supreme Court of California stating that the new test for whether someone can be an independent contractor, the burden is on the the company that's hiring right. them. And they have to use this ABC test that is, you know, control. It's again, it's control whether the work is not really related to your business, mm-hmm. and that the person does this for more people than just right. you. That's the test. And so, AB five was written recently by the legislator. Actually, the representative that sponsored the bill was Gonzalez out of San Diego, and her goal, and she stated this, so I'm not, I'm not making any of this up. <laughs> Her goal was to target the gig economy, right. specifically uh, Lyft and Uber, mm-hmm. because of all the gig economy companies, they're the ones that deal in employment. Most of the other ones, like Airbnb or Airbnb and stuff, they're mm-hmm. they're not dealing with providing with employees, right? right? And the state of California is just, from their perspective, losing a ton of so uh, income tax, federal income tax, Payroll especially tax. there is no unemployment or uh, workers comp being taken out so those that's why they're being that's the big thing they're trying to get because when i was doing this back in the dot com i know that dates me there's a lot of people who acted as independent contractors but most of them including myself we would pay our quarterly taxes right i i think you'd be very hard pressed to find somebody who drives for a lyft and uber who pays their quarterly taxes right so that's kind of why AB5 was created was so that the legislator can start this, lack of a better term, conflict with Lyft and Uber to get them to, to start treating these people as employees. Right. And I think the main thing for people to understand uh, on this is really if they're doing the work of your business with some exceptions, but very few exceptions. But if they're doing the work that's your industry, they need to be employees. If you're hiring someone to 
create a website and you're not a website company, then that could be an independent contractor. But if you're hiring someone, you know, if you are a landscaper and you're hiring someone to do the landscaping in your company, they should be employees, not independent contractors. That's well put. And uh, I think you wanted, I, I may be jumping ahead, I apologize, but you wanted to talk about why you why this mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I always want to stress when I'm working with uh, other small businesses, because they ask me that, everybody who works for Express is a W-2. We don't work with t- independents. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and that is also one way to cover yourself. But right. um, there are massive fines associated mm-hmm. with misclassifying. And right. we're talking... and there is nobody has to sue you. Nobody has to get a lawyer to go do this. The EDD will do it for them. And they can even accidentally report you by Mm -hmm. just claiming unemployment, listing you as one of their employers, and then the EDD goes, they didn't pay in for you. Tell me about that. And the EDD will open an investigation whether the employee wants them to or not. And then the IRS is going to find you, the EDD is going to find you, and the workers' comp, I forget the name of the the government organization, the state fund, the state, the workers comp, they're going to find you and all that. And you're going to pay the employees tax side, your side penalties on top of that and fines. And it easily gets into the 50 to hundred thousand plus range, depending on how long you've been doing it. So that's huge. It's just, just to save a little bit on taxes, which is only 17% in the state of California, not including workers comp. It's not worth it for any small, you could put yourself out of business. Right. Great. I'm glad that you mentioned that too, because it is important for people to realize this is serious. And it again, it's not. People might think, "Oh, my employees are all great. That won't happen." But it could be something innocent. They could do it on accident, and right. again, it doesn't require a lawsuit. The EDD right. will do all the investigation because they want to get their right. Revenue. They want the money. We yeah. need the money in California, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> so now you realize, okay, I need to hire someone, and where do I even, you know, find the employees? So how would they find a good candidate? Well, there are many tools. Um, there's, of course, online uh, sites. All of them can help you. There's Some of them are free. Uh, here in Los Angeles, a lot of people, have, if you start at the bottom, they've used Craigslist. Mm-hmm. In the last, I don't know if you know that. Most of the country, Craigslist is actually free, but here in Los Angeles, it's $45. Um, Craigslist and, and now Facebook. Um, you can actually use your Google business to advertise your jobs, mm-hmm. and that's free to you. Um, so those are some free things that you can do yourself besides putting it up on your own website and then pointing at it. Um, you can use uh, various different kinds of job boards depending on if you're like in accounting. There are accounting-specific job boards. There are IT-specific ones like DICE. Uh, and then there are the general ones like Monster, Craigslist. And the big boys right now are uh, Indeed and ZipRecruiter. Mm-hmm. Primarily not because they're significantly different. I apologize if you work for that company and you think you are, but it's because they're spending a ton of money to get right, the candidates. Advertising. They're advertising. They're got, they've got the candidates. People with jobs want those candidates. So those two, and they're very different uh, on how they do it. And I'm not going to recommend one over the other. They're both just tools that you can use. Obviously, that will generate a lot of resumes that you then have to spend the time Mm-hmm. Uh, to look through. And then, of course, the staffing agency like myself is is another tool. Networking is great, um, but it doesn't always work. Like I, I've got a current contract with a law firm who said we tried networking for the last 10 years and it's always, and, and it's failed us mm. because we just don't get enough options that way. Um, but it's always a tool. And then, of course, you like I said, you have LinkedIn mm-hmm. uh, that you can pay for jobs, but you have a lot of contacts there. Um, so those are some of the, bi- the, the the probably the major way every between all of those things 
that's how people are doing it. Right. right and, of course, there's also word of mouth with your sphere of influence. You could tell Network. those you know, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, in a lot of the cities, too, I don't know across, you know, all the states if they have it, but, like, workforce investment boards or something like that as well. There are some op- options there. Yes, I'm sorry I didn't mention that. But also, and uh, depending on your volume or type of person, many of the local colleges will let you mm-hmm. put a job ad for free. So there's another. There are there are free sources for that small business who who just can't afford um, my help or the help of somebody like a job board. And they, there are lots of free sources out there. They have various degrees of success, primarily based on what kind of person you're looking for. Right. Um, but I always like to say the one thing that promotes any getting help is is that your business? So like if your business is servicing your bookkeeping clients, right. is is spending hours of your day every day looking for more bookkeepers, is that how you make money? No, nope. that's not how you make money. <laughs> if you're a manufacturing firm filling your CNC jobs, mm-hmm. finding those CNC people is not how you make money. You make money right. by making Doing parts for your clients. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a cost to an empty seat for almost right. every business out there. That's true. And like you said, if you're spending the time doing that instead of actually doing the work, then it's not just the cost that you're paying. You really need to take into consideration how much are you actually losing in revenue because you're doing this other task. Absolutely. Right? So I know you started to touch on, you know, the hiring resources such as an Indeed, you know, and you said, you know, they're a little bit um, – you know, more out there because of the advertising, but how effective is it really? Are they doing a good job getting the candidates? Well, um, not to wax poetic, in this industry, we like to look at the time cost quality triangle. Mm -hmm. How fast you need somebody, how much are you willing to pay, and what kind of quality you want, and you get to pick two of those. Mm -hmm. You can't pick all three. So if you have the time a lot of these websites have some great tools embedded in them where you can really allow the tool to sort the candidate down for you. But what will happen there is, of course, um, you'll put out an ad and you might only get five, six people over the course of a week mm. if you use all those tools. Or you can open them wide open and just put out the job description without using those tools and you might get 150 people, mm. especially if it's a fairly good paying job. Um, but now you've got to read 150 resumes. Right. So uh, the tools do work in different ways depending on how much time you have. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you're paying under market value, you're going to spend a lot of time looking for a quality resource. See the get pick right. two. Um, and a lot of small business, they don't have much. I mean, I I struggle with it with my own employees for my internal office. Mm-hmm. Right. We can only pay so much. Right. And we have 150 competitors in in the LA market, mm-hmm. and some of them pay more than me. Mm-hmm. And so we choose to usually take somebody with not a lot of experience doing our job because we can teach that very quickly because right. we do it all day long. Mm-hmm. But just who's comfortable on the phone, comfortable communicating. You got to decide if you're small, if this is for, for small businesses, there's always a trade off. I figure I lose money on an employee for at least six months mm-hmm. while they're here. I mean, in other words, they cost me more than they make me. Right. But after six months, then, you know, they start to be able to do everything without constant supervision, be able to right. grow and learn to do the job better. So that's, and for most small businesses, I think that's the big thing. You just accept the fact that right. you're going to do a lot of training in the beginning. And the more complicated the position, obviously, the longer you have to expect that it's going to take for someone to get up to speed. So really planning that into what is the cost of getting that employee, right? Yeah, I mean, probably the biggest misnomer I see in the market is the one to 
the two to three to two to four year person. Mm-hmm. Uh, every company gives me that job order. Mm-hmm. Two to, I want someone in two to four years because they can do the job, they have the experience, and they cost the least. It's also the smallest number of people who do this. Mm-hmm. Like you know from looking for bookkeepers, mm-hmm. I can find you 10 people with 10 years or plus more experience in the time it would take me to find you one person with two to three years mm-hmm. of experience mm-hmm. because because of that misnomer that they think they cost the least. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't work that way, but it is the most common mistake mm-hmm. I see uh, businesses make. They want somebody who can do the job but at the lowest cost right. possible. Exactly. But many experienced folks will accept your, your good paying job. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I think it's just about time for us to take a break. So when we come back, we're going to continue to chat with Larry about the hiring process. You're listening to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are listening to Biz Help for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to Biz Help for You. 
Welcome back to Biz Help for You for Candy Messer. In the last segment, Larry Halverson told us about his background and how he got into assisting entrepreneurs with their staffing needs. Now let's continue our discussion on finding and hiring workers. So Larry, now we know we're going to hire someone and the next thing is the interview. So what are some of the things you're allowed to ask and not ask in an interview? Well, I mean, most things are common sense. Uh, California's a very diverse workforce. Uh, just trying, if you think about anything in a protected class, race, religion, about their family, sex, kids, divorce, uh, medical conditions. So many people say, how come you guys didn't know that guy's uh, had a bad back? Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to ask them. Mm-hmm. It's a medical condition. You mm-hmm. can't ask about that. Probably the biggest ones that changed recently that most people don't understand um, is you uh, you cannot ask about criminal history anymore until after you offered them the job. And what most employers, I mean, the reason for that is so that if you are going to deny somebody a job due to their criminal history, which is legal if, as long as you do it right and it's relevant, um, they want to make sure that the employee knows that's why they were denied the job. Mm-hmm. So before they would ask first and then just say he wasn't a fit. And so that's why they changed that law. The second big thing um, you can't ask that many people don't know is you cannot ask somebody about how much money they made at any given job in the past. Mm-hmm. So the, the way I, I do that, I mean, what they really prefer you to do is to advertise your salary range. Mm-hmm. But the way we do it, because we work with somebody and we might have 10 jobs that they might be a fit for, we ask them their salary range. We mm-hmm. never ask them how much they made or how much they're making, mm-hmm. but what they want their salary. Make. So those are the two newest laws that have changed in California. You cannot ask them their criminal history until you offered them the job, and you can't ask them how much money they, they're currently making or they have made in any job in the past. Right. And keeping in mind, again, federal law and state law often have some different rules, so making sure that you follow the laws that are the most strict, right? So not just follow federal law and then, oops, I asked a question that I shouldn't because California said it's a no-no or other states might say you can't ask. That, that is true, but it, is, it isn't a false statement to say, as even though people like to complain about California laws, most of our laws get adopted by about mm-hmm. half of the other states in the union. That's so, true. We just start it. Yeah. AB5 <laughs> might be new here, but there's many, many, there's 20 states in the union right now that already use the AB, a form of the ABC test that mm-hmm. our AB5 is, is, is built around. So it's already out there in a, almost half the states in America. Right. So obviously now we're thinking of hiring someone and we need some need to do background checks, right? So is that really legal or what part of the background checks are legal and what are not? Well, I can cover background checks and drug screens uh, at the same time really. Now, California, each state has, again, its own laws and California has very specific laws about background checks. But the general gist to protect yourself as an employer is if you want to do a background check or a drug screen, make sure you do it for all your employees. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest way to keep yourself safe. Don't do it just for temps. Don't do it just for. Um, there are some exceptions, like if you wanted to, if you wanted to do a credit check just for your accounting group that handled your money, you might be able to legally cover yourself there. But the best rule of thumb is either do it for everybody or don't do it at all. Mm-hmm. So it is legal. Um, there are lots of rules around it, like in California specifically, uh, for example, I could do a background check for my client, but I could never show it to them or talk to them about it, mm. right? They would have to tell me their criteria. If they don't tell me their criteria, I'll use my criteria, 
but third, we can't share the background because we're we're the technical employer. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so there, that's a lot, one thing that many people don't know, but th- that's a good rule of thumb. Just there's a lot of specific rules, and it's very state dependent. But the biggest rule, don't do it unless you do it for everybody. Right, and often what you're supposed to consider, I believe, is that if it's really important for the position, right? So if it's about a driver, you probably don't need to do a credit check for them, right? But if it's someone who's going to be doing something more, like you said, that has access to money right. or things like that. You might not, you might want to make sure that they are not in some gambling debt or something. Right? And, but still <laughs> in five years of providing accounting mm-hmm. professionals to people, I, I've never had anyone ask me for a credit check mm-hmm. and certainly don't do a credit check for right. anybody that isn't handling money. Uh, the analysis is this, is the crime relevant to mm-hmm. the job? Right. What is the duration and severity and uh, or what is the duration or like how frequent and how long ago it was because you can go back up to seven years and then what what is the severity of the crime right because you can in the state of california example have a blanket no violence policy and and just say even the most simple doesn't matter you can do that but you need to have that policy and apply it to everybody, everybody. equally mm-hmm. but the it's really the biggest one that most people don't get is you cannot just say no felons no miss no crime mm-hmm. you, in california that's almost an instant lawsuit Right. Uh, so that you got to look at the relevance of the crime to what you're. If you're a warehouse worker, and it was a DUI, well, they're not. If they're not driving anything for you, it's not mm-hmm. really relevant. Right? right. So. Right. Yeah, that's important to keep in mind too. Again, is if it's something that's going to impact the job that they're going to be doing, then it makes sense. But if it doesn't, then it's probably not necessary. And there's going to be more legislation around this because California is really trying to find a solution for its very large former. Mm-hmm populate criminal population right exactly so when is it the best to use a staffing agency versus trying to hire on your own well we touched on that a little right Mm -hmm. um that it's certainly i like to say it's a tool there's no harm just because you engage a staffing agency doesn't mean you can't keep looking Mm -hmm. but if you find that a desk is is sitting empty and it's losing you money and revenue then you may want to consider that as an option um as just, okay, I'm having a lot of trouble. I, I get these 100 resumes from this online job I posted, but I have no time to look at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and those dis- those are business decisions. Um, this market is, is very, I mean, it's three point, they say it's 3.5, but like I, I think I mentioned to you at a meeting the other day, under it's under 2% unemployment if you have any sort of skill. Hmm. It, skilled labor is, is in the South Bay and the LA market is under 2%. And the reality is you probably want somebody who has a job somewhere else. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it, that's that person has got a good reference. They, they're holding down a job somewhere else, and uh, you'd like them to come work for you. But reality is that's probably the, the source of all the people. You, I mean, there's mm-hmm. very few skilled, unemployed people, at least not on purpose. If you have a skill and you don't have a job, it's mostly your choice. Interesting. I guess, I mean, you wouldn't think of that. Here, I mean, especially because a lot of companies recently in California have even left California, but to hear that there's that low unemployment if you're skilled, that's a, that's really interesting to hear that that's kind of where we are right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, even, but 3.5 is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, we haven't seen that in, in this long to stay that uh, that low on the unemployment. I mean, we're having a look, we'll touch the giant elephant in the room, the COVID virus 
the COVID-19, mm-hmm. it's affecting everybody. We don't meet with a single company right now, but this is probably, hopefully, just like the SARS scare, mm-hmm. um, will go hopefully go away. But we're in L.A. I know this is a national audience, but here in L.A., the largest port in America, Long Beach and Los Angeles, and nothing's coming in from, from China. Mm-hmm. But I, I heard today that China's starting to take a turn for the better, and as soon as those ships start sailing, the economy will, you know, because we do a lot of manufacturing logistics here in our markets, mm-hmm. and uh, it is everything affected by that, but uh, uh, we're all crossing our fingers and hoping it's temporary. Right. And I don't know if I um, had mentioned, I don't believe I've asked yet, what would be the cost for someone to actually use a staffing agency? It varies. Most of what I do, because I help a lot of medium and small businesses, most of how we help them is through contract to hire. Um, that's what we. That's why we call ourselves a full service agency in that the people that work for me are my W-2 employees that work at your office. Not every um, agency can do that. Men headhunters, mm-hmm. specifically, that's the secondary market or secondary way to get people from a staffing agency. And those fees usually vary between 15 and 20 percent mm-hmm. of the annual salary. Direct hires, but you're going to want you're going to have to do that if you want to hire a lawyer, you want to hire an engineer, any kind of professional is probably not going to do, except for certain industries. IT, for example, is very used to doing contract work. A lot of their because they do a lot of project based work. Mm-hmm. Accounting does too. There's there's many in um, nursing. Nursing is a huge where the people will be on contract for quite some time. Um, but uh, most of what we do to help out small and medium businesses, contract to hire, and way way that works is you you work for us for about somewhere between around 720 hours, which is the equivalent of 90 working days. If you want to know where that random number comes mm-hmm. from, uh, and then you you can keep them on our books as long as you want, but then you can convert them to become your employees. So it's a it's a cost effective way, and and, we'll, and the cost is basically I pay them and then I charge you a markup mm-hmm. on top of that, and that's what you get billed for their hourly work. Right. And then you can convert them to your employee. That's probably the best way we help small and medium businesses because it diffuses that cost. Right. And obviously, they're covered by workers' compensation and you're covering all the payroll taxes. So all they do is pay the invoice to you. And you don't have any risk if they go unemployed. A Mm -hmm. lot of small businesses don't realize, at least if you're new, that if you have too many people who go unemployed because you like fired them, for example, or laid them off, your rating will go up. Mm -hmm. And that means your cost of unemployment insurance will go up. Right, for many years. For many, many years. <laughs> and uh, so one way to protect yourselves is this try before you buy concept. Um, because if they go unemployed through me, they're on my unemployment night. Yours. Right, right. So. so now someone's ready. You know, they know they want to come to you, have you find a candidate for them. And one of your first questions is going to be about a job description, right? So how would that person write an effective job description to give to you? Well, we, we end up usually writing it for them by just having a conversation. But it, when, when people want to do it for themselves, I, I always advocate keep it as simple as possible. And you can put in all those flowery things like I want a good communicator and I want um, somebody who works well with others and I want um, uh, somebody who's good in a group. But that's really not what is the job description. The job description is designed to get you a resume. Right. And that is not on a resume. Mm-hmm. What's on a resume is I have five years of accounting experience. I know QuickBooks. I know Saged. I know, and I can do APL and General mm-hmm. Ledger, and I can do month in close. That's on a resume, and mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. So you got to what is the tool? A job description gets you a resume. The conversation you have with the person. 
So telling us you want a certain type of person, well, everybody we, before we present them to you, they come into our office and we've met them. So we're not just go and find you five resumes that work and talk to a guy on the or girl on the phone and send them to you. We meet them. So we can do some of that additional screening. But if you're writing a job description, just remember what you're doing it for. You want to get a certain set of skills. So be specific. And down in the requirements section, four years of accounting, um, you know, two to three years of staffing experience. I need you to know these software. Just bullet points of five or six things that they need to have because they're, you, if it's too big, they just won't read it. Mm. And either people won't apply to your job or way too many people who aren't qualified will apply to your job and you have to read all those resumes. Right. So try and focus on the four or five things that will narrow the field down a little bit, but not too much. Right. I've actually found in the past when I was looking for someone too, I think people just don't often even read. They're just looking for a job, so they're applying anywhere. And so I would have, you know, this is kind of what I'm looking for. And then I have someone saying, I'm looking for something in, you know, the medical field. And I was like, that's not me, but they just apply. So that part, as the one who's the seeker for employers, uh, employees, gets really frustrating because you're getting these resumes that have nothing to do with the position yeah I didn't really want to that's absolutely true people don't read and that's what I meant by how the the job sites all of them do this to a certain degree Mm -hmm. they have tools that will force people to read if you have the time Mm -hmm. they have tools that they can use um, to ask qualifying questions before they can send you their resume Mm -hmm. and that usually forces that problem to go away but it does vastly reduce the number of applicants you get so it's just it's 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 what do you want do you if you're in a hurry you may want to have it wide open so you can screen the applicants as fast as possible Mm -hmm. or if you have some time you may want to have these qualifying questions that force them to say yes i do want a job as a bookkeeper right you know that simple things oh yes i know it pays this much Mm -hmm. because you know somebody who wants fifty dollars an hour will apply to your job and you said right in big bold letters what it paid, but they didn't even bother to read that. So it's right. very common. But most of the online sites do have some tools that would enable you to to prevent that. It just has a consequence. Right. One of the other things I've noticed in the past too is again, I think people just like maybe look at the description, like, oh, that sounds like a good job I want to apply. And I'll have very specifically in there, you know, when you apply, I want this and I want it to go here. And people just completely disregard that. And I'm like, that's one very specific detail and if you're not able to follow that one direction you're probably not going to do a good job in the job I'm hiring for right so well I work with both sides of it mm-hmm. so I, I have people that that are referred to me from friends and I bring them in and I give them my my little 20 to 30 minute course on this is how you find a job this is what you need to fix on your resume mm-hmm. you need to have a LinkedIn profile but one of the things I tell them is write the resume for the job you want and make sure that what you're applying to is on your resume Mm-hmm. Or write a cover letter because mm-hmm. if it isn't on there, you're not getting called. Right. And then they get frustrated and they send out a job. They they just apply to everything. Mm-hmm. While if they follow now, it's not only really, it's still going to be hard because there's, for example, right now um, we use some very sophisticated data mining tools to tell us who's looking for what job here in the South Bay, and it's it, in in the South Bay area it's a five to one ratio. So for every one real job it's advertised at least five t- times. Hmm. Um, 
And so that just tells you that there's a lot of jobs out there. Like right now in the last six months, there well, it was shooting the last 30 to 40 days, there's 7,000 unique jobs in Torrance. Hmm. There's 38,000 job ads for those 7,000 jobs. So there is a lot of stuff that these people who are looking for jobs have to go through. And I could see why they get frustrated. But when I talk to them, I say there's more than one way to find a job. A job board, again, is only a tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I think before we end up going to break, we have a couple minutes left uh, before we go. But if someone were going to come like to you to have you help them, like what do you recommend that they do to give you information to do the job? Obviously, like here's a job description. But um, I mean, are you I guess, well, because I don't do it as much, maybe you could even say, what are the other things you need besides a job description for them, for you to be able to find them a good candidate? Well, it's, it's we we always ask them what they've done before, why candidates, why the last person isn't working out, why people generally don't work out. Um, so it's understanding their culture a little mm-hmm. and what they're looking for besides just, I mean, the job description should have that those little bullets, but that's why we do the interview. That's why we bring people in and meet them to see if they uh, match what we know about your culture. Mm-hmm. We frequently, almost ninety-five percent of the time, we have visited your location mm, nice. to see your work environment, so that we can tell the candidate, like if about the work environment, because you know the last what we're trying to do is minimize the the wasted time of interviewing and spending an hour with somebody, ten people, and not finding anyone you want to hire right right so we we kind of pull those things out of our clients um and it, and then of course we do frequently have the the money conversation um like i said if you've got enough time you eventually can probably find somebody who will try your job for what you want to pay but then you how much time are you going to spend training that person who just like it happens to me i train a person to be a recruiter for 3 to 4 months and they're and then they go get a job with my competitor for more money because mm-hmm. my competitor just wants anyone who knows in this right. short market anyone who knows how to do recruiting right so um, it, it happens and it's going to happen to you if you if you're underpaying it's just going right. to you know i there are many companies in the south bay that do it and they will keep doing it but ultimately they really look at how often this job turned over they probably save themselves a lot of heartache by just paying just a little, a little more. bit more and very shortly, it's going to be $15 an hour, even for your your least cost employee. Right. And where you are, it's in July. Exactly. Well, it's actually time to take another quick break. Be sure to hang around to hear more from Larry Halverson of Express Employment Professionals regarding staffing. We'll be right back after a brief commercial break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. 
Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Today I'm chatting with Larry Halverson of Express Employment Professionals. Let's find out a bit more information from him regarding setting competitive salaries and a few more other tips from us. So first of all, the first question I actually want to ask you is, does hiring full-time versus part-time change the process at all when hiring an employee? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we do very little part-time. The part-time companies look for part-time. you got to think about college students. Um, It's... I've, I've been asked, I want somebody who's, uh, you know, mature and just trying to get a few hours in, you know, because they're trying to get back in the work. They just don't exist. Most people are who are not uh, got another reason for being part-time or, or whatever, full-time. And if you are looking for part-time, if you have more success, the more flexible you are. Mm-hmm. Because remember, a lot of them are students um, and they have, their priority is school and if you can work around their schedule, you'll be more successful. So the vast majority, I, I, for every 100 people that come in my office, and we invite about 60 to 80 people a week, and, yeah, we only get a show rate of about 30%, but they're all looking for full-time jobs. Mm. And if you hire somebody looking for a full-time job, for a part-time job, you just better hope you don't need them to last very long because mm. they're going to keep looking until they find they that find full-time the right job. They find right one. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I guess that's true. I mean, I think I have had situations before where I need to have um, a part-time position too, just because the way that the market is right now and what we have, we need to bring someone in now, but I just don't have a full-time job. And I've been very lucky for people find out and refer, maybe there's a mom who wanted some you know, extra hours, or maybe there was a student or something like that too. I've actually had a teacher um, who has taught some students who reaches out to me and says, oh, I have this great student. I think they would be great for you. Do you have anything? Right. And then that's been helpful too. But that doesn't happen very often. right? No, I mean, because people don't come to staffing agencies or, or 
when they're looking for the job, they're not looking to just get a couple hours. Mm-hmm. But it is networking is probably the number one way. Mm-hmm. And then the the student industry. Clearly, the retail stores and the fast food mm-hmm. joints and the restaurants all have um, plenty of people to work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's usually that they got the a rest. I like to say that like a restaurant or a Gap or something like that. They're basically a staffing company. Mm. They have a hundred people on their rolls just to keep their shifts booked, because so many of them leave, so many can't do the shift. That they are almost their own internal staffing company just just to keep their their store or restaurant stocked, because mm-hmm. um, it you know that's that's how they have to do it. Right. Well, and this makes me think, and this is a little bit off topic, but with, you know, even the California sick pay law that we have that they only have to call half an hour before their shift to say that they're not coming to work, which is probably why they need to have more people. So if someone doesn't come, especially in the restaurants or things like that, too, where you need to have the cook and the server and all of that, that can throw a wrench into things, too. They, they do only have to do that, but you have to think about it this way. I always like to say don't legislate something that's just common sense per se. In other mm-hmm. words, it doesn't need to be a law that says you can let go of somebody who does that to you. It just the law really just says you still have to pay them their sick time. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you have to keep employing them, especially mm-hmm. if you've warned them about that. Right. right? So, uh, y- you know, you're still covered as, if you've done things right and given pe- if you've lined out the rules, you have an employee handbook and all the things that you need to protect yourself as a small business. And it's very common for small businesses not to have those things, which is why mm-hmm. we have HR services is one of the things we provide. But it's, and I know it was difficult. I had to do a lot of that five years ago, and I still have to do it all the time because it's not what I do for a living per se, right, to keep my, my everything in order. So right. that's why you, you outsource many of the things that you do as a small business owner. Like I outsource my bookkeeping and I outsource my payroll um, because that's not how I make my money. I need to focus right. on how I make my money and, and let the professionals do the do those thing, other things for me. Right. So when someone is going to have this job, whether they're using a staffing company for you or they're going to post a job, obviously they want to have a competitive salary. So how do they determine what that competitive salary really is? Well, you could talk to a staffing professional. <laughs> um, you, you have to, one of the, the biggest thing I see as is difficult for companies is they have a, a, a core workforce that's been with them a long time. And that workforce is, is vastly undercompensated if they had gone, if they go out and get a new job, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I'm sure that's been true everybody for all our careers. If you stay someplace, even nowadays, even three years, you're now not making as much money as if you got a new job. Mm-hmm. There are many reasons to stay in your old job that aren't just based on compensation. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but it is difficult if you consider that as part of your your salary number if you're trying to limit yourself to the co- to that price mm-hmm. that was three years ago or five right. years and sometimes 10 years ago. So that's the biggest mistake or trouble that a lot of companies have, especially at the lower end market. Let's say as this minimum wage in California goes up and people try to keep up with it, some, suddenly we're used to pay somebody, a, you know, a skilled laborer $16 an hour. Well, now minimum wage in July in LA is going to be $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. So what do you pay your skilled laborer? Right. Um, to a certain degree, what you need to do to keep them. Because mm-hmm. trust me, you don't want to lose them. Right. Not in this market. Um, now, professionals like myself, we have access to tools that do data mining. Um, you can kind of do it yourself by looking what people are on job boards are advertising for that same similar skill set. Like I could tell you right now in the city of Torrance, 
there are, uh, the average salary for a new job is $54,000. Mm. And it takes, on average, 45 days uh, to find a person. That's mm. just the numbers right now in the city of Torrance. I know that's not, I know this is a national show, but you can find that information out for every city in the U.S. and in many countries. Um, and knowing that doesn't hurt you. Um, and then you can drill down to your specific type of job and find out, okay, there might be 500 people in Torrance right now looking for an administrative job and only 100 of them would consider 15 or less. But if you go up to, say, 17, you suddenly are, you know, 300 of those 500 will look at your job. So now you're at 60% of the market will now consider you mm-hmm. for just paying $2 more. So you can get that information uh, from people like myself. And that, that's what we do to help you. Uh, but like I said, you can kind of do that a little bit um, on the free jobs. And then if you use a service, a lot of times they have that information for you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just don't, if, the biggest thing right now, the hardest thing I see out there in the industry, especially here, is looking at your old workforce and what you pay them. It, you're not going to be able to attract new talent for that. Right. That's the problem. So... When you were talking about the 45 days, too, and that's kind of in torn, is that more like the big cities and the big cities take longer or they take shorter? Like if we're talking maybe across the United States and if someone was using that long. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's fine. I was just wondering typically what is really the time. It, just, it does vary by job type. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that is skewed in that uh, Torrance does still have a lot of professional, a lot of medical that skews its numbers, so it's based on, you know, what is the number one job in Torrance, the hardest job to fill, and the most advertised job is registered nurse right now. Hmm. But if you go to different parts of the country, and I haven't looked at them all, like Long Beach, it might be Class A driver, because that's hmm. that's actually the hardest job to fill in America, Class A driver. Um, so a registered nurse is going to be a hard job to fill, but it's also going to skew the numbers because it takes a lot more to find one, it takes a lot more to vet one, right. and, it, and you don't want to make a mistake. So the more professional your community's jobs are, that number is going to go up. The, the more you get down into your sub-$20 an hour jobs, the faster your time to hire. Plus, people are willing to take a chance on somebody under $20 that once they start paying a certain amount, they want three interviews, right? Mm-hmm. And you know they want everybody in their company to talk to them. It, it does pay... It does depend on corporate culture. If you've got a, a really strong benefits package, you you can be a little more picky. Um, government jobs take forever, mm-hmm. right? So those will skew the numbers. Mm-hmm. So that number is a little, if you're in um, a small business looking for sub 20 hour employees, you can fill a, you can fill a job in two to three weeks. Per, if, you can fill a job in two days. But if you want to do some vetting mm-hmm. and see a range of candidates, I would say give yourself two to three weeks. Okay. So how much experience do I need to find the right candidate then? If I'm going to be looking for someone, what would you recommend? How much experience? For like me to figure out the right candidate for a job. Oh, I, I think I think I gave you that question where I was talking about don't discount somebody because they have 10 years of experience or 15 years of experience. I think mm-hmm. that's where I was going when you asked me for that question. Uh, you know your job very well um, as far as who and what you need. But a lot, like I said, the biggest mistake people make is looking for that two to three year person because they think they're going to be cheaper. Mm-hmm. And they're right. They're not, they're not going to be um, 
they will be cheaper, but there's very there's a lot of people out there in that 10 to 15 range. Maybe what they're looking for, especially in the Southern California market, is they just don't want to drive as far. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Right. And they're, they might be making $40 an hour, but they have to drive up to downtown L.A. and they'll work here for $22 an mm-hmm. hour, right? So Because their quality of life is going to go through the roof. Right. So it's good to keep that in mind. Don't just see something and say, oh, they have too much experience, so I'm not going to talk with them. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Because, you know, it's really about um, where are they in their life and what are they looking for? You might have the perfect opportunity and you think this is an entry-level job and Mm -hmm. and they're they're looking for a different kind of quality of life issue, right? Right. So. So great thing to keep in mind. Well, we're actually pretty much at the end of the show, so I would love you to say how can listeners connect with you if they have any questions? Um, well, like I said, Express has 800 offices in the United States, Canada, and South Africa. There's over 700 here in the U.S. We have 15 in Los Angeles. So even though I'm locally focused here in the South Bay, and if you need any help in the South Bay, please contact me at 310 923 7580 or you can find me on expresspros.com but you can find an express professional in Los Angeles or California by just going to the expresspros.com and looking for your local office. Well great. Well thank you so much Larry for being a guest on my show today. I'm really glad you could be here. Thank you. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in to the show today. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answers some questions regarding hiring an employee. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Larry at any of the links he shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. Next week's topic is why risk management matters. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn And my website is www.abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcasts posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Biz Help for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.